But we're here to learn tonight, aren't we? And uh, I'm just so thankful to the Holy Spirit. I'm thankful for the Word and and how God God believes in us. You know, as as men, if if you don't feel like anybody in your life believes in you, you need to know that God believes in you. And He believes in what He's placed on the inside of you and the gifts that He's placed in you. Um, And and we've been going over in the men's group, you know, the making of a champion. And, And tonight I want to just carry along with what Pastor Justin has been teaching on the making of a champion. So if you would find your place in Nehemiah and in your handout here, for the next little bit, we're going we're gonna to read out of Nehemiah chapter 2. And, and you know, in Nehemiah chapter 1, here is a man that had a, had a desire to rebuild the walls of God's people. And, and the walls of Jerusalem, they were broken down and the gates were burned and, and it was a disgrace on God's people. But there was a man by the name of Nehemiah that, that God had dropped something on the inside of him, a burning desire for him to rebuild. And, and tonight I'm asking the Lord that he places and stirs a desire, because it, it's in us already, a desire to rebuild the areas of our life that need to be rebuilt. So tonight I want us to focus on, on, on your handout. Number one, it says, What set Nehemiah apart from everyone else? He was called by God. Controlled by the Holy Spirit, energized by divine power, and totally yielded to God's will. I'll repeat that again. What set Nehemiah apart and what sets us apart from everyone else? He was called by God, controlled by the Holy Spirit, energized by divine power, and totally yielded to God's will. Left my notes over here, Blue. So there, those are the four things that, that we want to talk about tonight is being called by God, being filled with the Holy Spirit, being energized by, by divine power, and being totally yielded to God's will. You know there's a call on the inside of each and every one of us, whether you're called to ministry, whether you're called to the business world, whether you're called whatever it is, there's a calling that God has placed on the inside of you And it was before the foundations of the world. But I want to ask you, do you know what you're called and created to do? I want us to think tonight. I want us to learn. I just don't want us to sit here. I want us to to have some things that we can go before the Lord and say, okay, let's go to the new level. Because you know your new level is going to take a new you. In order for us to go to a new level, it's going to take a new us. In order for our families to go to a new level, in order for our businesses to go to a new level, in order for our careers to go to a new level, it's going to take a new me. In order for my family to grow, in order for my business to grow, in order for my the things that I'm a part of to grow, I've got to grow. If I don't grow, those things don't continually grow, but it comes by knowing what you're called and created to do. Romans chapter 11, verse 29, it says, The gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. The gifts. Have you located your gifts? Because I sense tonight some of you have stuck your gifts into neutral. You've stuck your dream into neutral. The gifts and the calling. The gifts is a supernatural empowerment by God. It's why you're wired the way you're wired. It's why you're gifted the way you're gifted. It's, it's why you are. Proverbs 19 verse 21, it says that the purpose of God remains forever. 
I want each of us thinking, are we walking in our purpose? First and foremost, do we know our purpose? The gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. In other words, God doesn't apologize for the way that He made you. He doesn't apologize for the desires that He's placed in your heart. He doesn't apologize for the passions that He's placed in you. He doesn't apologize for the giftings and the calling. The word calling means an invitation for you to be you. That God is saying, I placed it a gift in you, and there's a calling in and on you, and I'm inviting you to be you. And this is what you see in Nehemiah. He understood that he was called by God. Do you understand that you're called by God? Because when you understand that you're called by God and you know that you're called by God, first and foremost, that's something that God is going to drop on the inside of you. Because not only is it important for us to know that we have a calling, then how do we discover the calling? Because the calling is there whether you have picked up the phone, you're the only one that can answer that. The invitation is there for you to be you, but you're the only one that can determine whether you've accepted the invitation or not. Have you accepted the invitation not just to go to church, not just to say you're a Christian, but to develop that business that God has called you to develop, to develop that gifting that God has called you to develop, to develop in every area of your life, leaving no stone unturned, leaving, leaving nothing, nothing on the table. Have you accepted the invitation for the real you to come alive? Or are you waiting for somebody else to give you permission to be who God has called and created you to be? Because if you're waiting on somebody else's permission, you will probably never get there. You've got to give yourself permission to be who God has called and created you to be. Because God has already given you permission. It says all the promises of God in Him are yes and in Him, amen. So when God looks at you and there's a desire, and there's a calling on the inside of you, and you ask him about that calling, and you ask him about that dream, you know what his answer is? Yes. When you ask him about being the father and the man and the leader, you know what his answer is? Yes, run, become. Whenever you ask him about that dream, you know what his answer is? Yes, yes, yes. But you've got to say yes to yourself. You've got to say yes to your relationship with God. You've got to say yes to what God has put on the inside of you in order for what he's put in you to come out. Have you said yes to yourself? When I say saying yes to yourself, giving yourself the permission to be who God's created you to be. Nehemiah knew he was called by God when he went before the king. He had prayed first. First and foremost, how do you know that you're called by God? It's going to be dropped in your heart. It's a, it's a passion. It's a desire. It's a knowing on the inside of you. That doesn't go away. It's not just around for a week. It's not just around for a month. It's there. It's in you. When you abide in Him and He abides in you, John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8, the same desires that are in Him are the same desires that are in you. When Nehemiah approached the king, he knew what God had placed in his heart because here's a man, he didn't feel qualified. And that's the thing, when you step into what God has called and created you to do in the beginning stages, you don't feel qualified, but thank God we're not moved by how we feel, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. But as we go after God and we discover who more about who God is, we discover more about ourselves, and then we, we start to discover the equipment that God has already placed on the inside of us. Because when Nehemiah went before the king, it wasn't a surprise when the king gave him permission to be who God had called and created him to be. See, leadership is put in our life 
just to confirm what God has already spoken to us. When leadership speaks something into your life, it shouldn't catch you off guard. It should confirm. It should confirm. Nehemiah knew that he was called. Do you know that you're called? Do you know that you're called to be the man God has called and created you to be? Do you know that you're called to be the leader God has called and created you to be? Do you know that you're called? Do you know that you're called? What are you called to be? What are you called to be? Because not only is it important to know what you're called to be and what you're called to do, but it's also important in that process to count the cost. Count the cost of that calling because that separates the committed from the uncommitted. That separates the one who think they're called and the ones who are truly called. Number two on your handout, Jesus taught that before we do anything, we should count the cost. Before we do anything, we should count the cost. Luke chapter 14, verse 28 through 30, it says, For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, whether he has enough to finish it, whether he has enough to finish it. Do you have enough to finish what God has called you to do? Do you have this something we got to ask ourselves? Do I have enough in my tank to finish my course? Do I have enough in my tank? Do I have enough gumption? Do I have enough tenacity? Do I have enough faith? Do I have enough courage? Do I have enough of what I need? Do I have enough in me to finish what God has called me to do? John 17, verse 4, Jesus said, Lord, I've glorified you down here on the earth and I've completed everything that you've called and created me to be. Sometimes we start, but we lose the juice in our tank, so to say. Because maybe we step out to do something that we're actually not called to do. Because what happens sometimes, we can get in an environment and we see somebody else doing something and we think, man, that's exciting, that looks good, I'm going to step out and I'm going to do what they're doing. And even though it's good for them, it isn't necessarily right for you. So that's where relationship and the process comes back in. Do you know who God has called you and created you to be? Are you in the process of knowing Him and being the best you that you can be? That's a lot of times why businessmen get burned out, ministers get burned out, because maybe maybe they stepped out and did something that they weren't necessarily called and created to do. Do you know what you're called and created to do? It takes counting the cost. Have you counted the cost? When you dream, dream, go there with me for a moment. When you think of what the best you looks like, when you think about you operating in every gift and every talent and that passion and that business, do you really have what it takes? Do you know inside of you that you've got the faith to do what God has called and created you to, to do? Do you know that you have what it takes? Because don't step until at least you have that word from God. Not only just that quickening of the spirit, but he's going to back it up with his word. The spirit is going to lead you, but his word will confirm what the spirit is telling you. Do you know what you're called to do? Do you have that word from God? Do you have not just, well, that sounds like a good idea. I'm going to try this. I'm going to, what are you called to do tonight? Let's, let's, let's define some things. Luke chapter nine, verse 59 Then he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell. Notice that, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first. Lord, I will follow you, but 
I will follow you, but I will follow you, but. And he goes on to say, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. When you know that you're called by God, put your hand to the plow and don't you look back. Maybe you've come up against the, the, the broken walls in your life. Maybe the, the, the gates have been burned in your life. Maybe the relationship fell apart. Maybe the business deal went south. Whatever it is, God's plan for you hasn't changed just because circumstances changed. God's calling hasn't changed just because conditions change. Circumstances don't determine the will of God. But that's where you've got to know what you're called and created to do. See, Nehemiah didn't feel qualified. See, he was a servant. He wasn't a worker out in the sun. He had a job of comfort. He didn't know what it was like to be out there cooking his biscuits and working with his hands. The most things he had done is carried a tray across the palace. But when God drops something in your heart, you begin to realize, I I don't care what it looks like. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I do know what God is telling me. I do know what God is is placing in my life. I, I do know. Say, I do know. The desires that you see change in Nehemiah's life. Psalms 37 verse 4. I delight myself in the Lord and He gives me the desires and secret petitions of my heart. I delight myself in the Lord and He gives me the desires and secret petitions of my heart. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13. Not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you. Listen to this. Energizing and creating in you the power and desire both to will and to work for His good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. Do you know your purpose? See, when, when Nehemiah stepped into the presence of the king and, and they came back and they told him of, of what it looked like whenever they, they walked into the town, God's people, the wall was shattered, the gates were burned, and Nehemiah started to weep and he started to pray and he started to fast. And, and whenever he knew what God had placed in his heart, he, he used that time of prayer to know what God had called and created him to do. Then he went before the king and the king confirmed and the king wrote him a letter and the king sent men with him. When you know what you're called to do, the king has written you a letter. The king has sent the letter before you and it don't matter what boundaries you go across and what territories you go into. See, that letter gave him a rite of passage from one forest, from one territory to the other because he had a letter from the king. When you have a letter from the king, no devil in hell can stop you from going into the territory you're called to. But you've got to know what you're called and created to do. Because if you don't know, the devil will surely talk you out of it. If you, if you don't know, people will talk you out of it. If you don't know, circumstances will talk you out of being who God has called and created you to be. I remember when I was a, a young man, a younger man, let's put it that way. Uh, and I, I felt like I was called to ministry. And I'd give my life to the Lord and I was going after God. And, and, and I called this uh, gentleman that, had, you know, I'd been serving. And, uh, you know, he'd been watching my life. And I told him, I said, you know, I feel like I'm called to ministry. He says, you're not. I said, well, you know, all due respect, you know, I, I feel like I am. He says, you're not. By this time, I'm starting to get a little upset. I said, well, I, I feel like I am. I've prayed, I've fasted, I, I feel like I am. He says, you're not. I said, I am too. He says, hang on a sec, Trey. He said, I know you're called to the ministry. You know you're called to the ministry. 
But if I could talk you out of it, the devil surely could talk you out of it. <laughs> and I never have forgot that. Never have forgot that. Because it made such a lasting impact that I knew what God had called and created me to do. And in each area of life, you've got to know, because see, purpose never changes. Like I said, Proverbs nineteen twenty one. as long as you're on this earth, purpose never changes. It says it's forever. Now, what it looks like for you to fulfill that purpose, that's going to change. What it looks like, everything that I do, when I communicate, I lead, and I rope around the world, I'm always asking is this helping people know God and is it helping them be the best them they can be? Because that's a part of my purpose. That is why I'm on this earth. But what it looked like when I was 20 is different. What it looked like when I was in my 30s is different. What it looks like now in my 40s is different. Purpose never changes, but vision, what it looks like to fulfill the purpose will change. But the calling and assignment doesn't change. Purpose doesn't change, but you got to know, do you know? Because see, leadership, once again, when he went before the king, it just confirmed. I, I, when I was, you know, going through the stages in life, when I was rodeoing full-time and ministering all around the country, and, uh, and there was a, I, I knew that there was a change coming in my life, and, and so I went to this same guy who told me I wasn't called to ministry, but he knew I was called. I got ordained under him and everything else, and, but I knew I was going from traveling to ministering into pastoring, and I knew he wasn't real keen on the ideal of the whole me, me not rodeoing, and he didn't, the whole idea of me being in a suit and tie and all that type of stuff didn't settle real good with him. But I knew, I knew what God had placed in my heart, and I understood the way that the kingdom is set up, that, that they are going to confirm what God is saying, whether they like it or not. If I, know, if I know that it's God, God is a God of order. Yes. And so I never forget, he's in there, and he's working on a shower rod in his house, and I go in there, and I was so nervous. <laughs> I know I shouldn't have been nervous, but man, this is a life-changing time in my life. Amen. And I went in there, and, and I told him, I said, you know, I, I feel... Feel, when I say feel, I'm not talking about my feelings in my, in my heart, my, in me, the real me. I sense that I'm supposed to, to go and, and start pastoring churches and starting churches. And he says, I, I believe you are too. And I knew that was totally by the Spirit of God because in his flesh, he was not wanting to say that. And so for the next nine years almost, I started to pastor churches. But when I was going from pastoring those churches in, in 2010... The Lord was talking to me about going back and rodeoing and traveling again. And I didn't want to because at the compete at the level that I compete, those guys didn't take nine years off mentally. But I knew that people's eternal destiny was attached to me developing and going back out and traveling like I do now. And so the gentlemen, the, the people that I was involved in in leadership at that time, they didn't know anything about the rodeo world. And so once again, here we are again. I knew, I knew I'd fasted, I'd fasted, I'd prayed, just like Nehemiah. He had been four months praying before he ever said anything to the king because he wanted to know what God was saying to him so leadership would just confirm or he would realize that he was off kelter or wasn't the time. And sure enough, I went and presented. I said, guys, I said, I, I don't know what this looks like. I said, but I feel like I'm supposed to go back traveling. And at this time, I was overseeing the pastors of all three churches, and, and we had a daily television show, and we had all this stuff going. And they just looked at me and they said, Trey, we don't know how this is going to happen either, but we feel like you're hearing the Lord. Amen. Once again, I knew what God had placed in my heart. Do you know what God has placed in your heart? And are you under authority so you can be in authority? Are you under authority so you can be in authority? Do you know the call of God on your life? Have you counted the cost of what it's going to take because the will of God might look impossible, but it's never impossible whenever God has told you to do it. That's right. 
Nehemiah chapter 2. Are you there? I know you've been there for a while, but let's look at this. Notice how Nehemiah approaches this in, in verse 12. He says, Then I arose one night, and a few men with me, and I told no one what God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem, nor was there any animal with me except the one in which I rode. And I went out by the night through the valley gate to the serpent wall and a refuse gate and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down, and in its gates, which were burned with fire. Then I went on to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but there was no room for the animal underneath me to pass. So I went up in the night by the valley and viewed the wall. Then I turned back and entered the valley gate and so returned. And the officials did not know where I had gone or what I had done. I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or the others who did the work. Now you notice it says that he didn't tell anybody what, what God had placed in his heart. Why, why did he do that? Because he had to know what God had placed in his heart before he shared it with anybody else. You've got to know what God has told you before you go sharing it with everybody else. And even when you do start to share it, you've got to make sure you have the right people in the right place and share it with the right people that will honor your dream. But at the same time, you've got to realize that they're, that's not their dream, so they're not going to see it the way that you see it. But just how Nehemiah spent three days looking at what God had called him to do, he was counting the cost. He saw something different than everybody else saw do you see what God wants for your life? Do you see what God wants for your family? Do you see what areas God wants to rebuild? Maybe, maybe for generations, the men in your family have walked past the crumbled walls of what it looks like of lack, or they walked past the crumbled walls and the burnt gates, and yeah, they, they didn't like the situation. They didn't like that the walls were down. They didn't like that the gates were burnt. They didn't like that pornography ran in your family. They didn't like that lack ran in your family. They didn't like that alcoholism ran in your family. They didn't like that addiction ran in your family, but they didn't have the tenacity to step up and to build the wall and restack the gates, but now God's stirring something in you that you realize that you're called for more. See, a leader sees more than others see, and they see before others see, what do you see in before your life? What do you see in? Leaders, see more. You're the leader of your home, right? First person you got to lead, though, is yourself, right? And they see before. God has anointed us to see more and to see before. Do you see more for your life? Do you see more than where you're at right now? And are you seeing what you have before you before everybody else is seeing it? Because that lets you know that's in the direction of your calling. Nehemiah, he saw the walls built even though they were still down. He saw the gates rehung even though they were still burned. As leaders of our families, as leaders of our spheres of influence, we've got to see more than others see and see before others see. What are you seeing? What are you seeing in your life? What is that crumbled wall in your family that people have walked by for years and they didn't like it, but they didn't do anything about it? What is that burnt gate that you've walked by over and over again your dad walked by over and over again. Your granddad walked by over and over again. The men in your family walked by over and over again because it was too hard. So not only was Nehemiah called by God, not only are we men called by God, 
but we're also men controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. Because it's one thing to know that you're called, but it's another thing to know what it's like to be controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. Are you controlled by the Spirit of God? We don't need more of the Holy Spirit. It's more yieldedness on our part to His control, where He controls our thoughts, He controls our words, He controls our heart, He controls what we do. Matthew 22, verse 14, it says, Many are called, but few... In other words, every one of us have a call, but we're the only ones that can determine whether we accept the invitation. Once you accept the invitation, then it's important to be filled with the Spirit of God. If you're not filled with the Spirit of God, I'm not saying, are you born again? That's the first and foremost, but are you filled with the Spirit of God? Are you filled with the power of God? If you're not, tonight is the night we want to pray for you and you to be filled with the Spirit of God because not only is it important to be called, say, I'm called, but it's important to be filled with the Spirit of God. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, it says, Be filled with the Spirit of God. And number three on your worksheet, it says, How can Nehemiah walk into this situation and get the response? That he did because he was a man controlled by the Spirit of God. How could Nehemiah walk into this situation and get the response that he did because he was a man controlled by the Spirit of God? Number four, being filled with the Spirit is to be under his influence. To be filled with the Spirit is to be under his influence. What type of response did Nehemiah get? Whenever he walked into this situation, verse 17, Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17 and 18. Verse 17, then I said to them, you see the distress we are in. How Jerusalem lies in waste and its gates are burned with fire. Come and let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. And I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me and also the king's words. Notice the hand of God the words from God, the empowerment from God, and the king's words that had been spoken to me. So not only did he know in his heart, but he had the letter from the king. You know in your heart, and what letter do you have from the king? And he goes on, and uh, the words he had spoken to me. So they said, let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to this work. Now how come... Nehemiah was able to walk into these group of uncommitted people that have walked by these walls for a long period of time and he could get a response. Because when we're controlled by the Spirit of God, that whenever you speak somebody else, they're, they're hearing somebody else's voice. They're not hearing your voice. Whenever they heard Nehemiah speak because he was controlled by the Spirit of God, they weren't hearing Nehemiah, they were hearing God. And when Nehemiah shared with them, this is what God had placed in my heart, and this is the letter the king had, it stirred something on the inside of them. Let us rise up and build. Men, I believe by the Spirit of God, we are saying the same thing. Let us rise up and build in that area of our family. Let us rise up and build our kids. Let us rise up and build our, our organizations. Let us rise up and build. Because in order for everybody else to build, it has to start with us as the leaders. Let us, let us rise up and build. He knew that he was called by God. Do you know that you're called by God? He was also filled with the Spirit of God, controlled by the Spirit of God. Number four on your sheet, being filled with the Spirit of God is to be under his influence. Any area of our life can be rebuilt whenever we're under the influence of the Holy Spirit. 
the command in, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, where it says, don't be drunk with wine. And a lot of times we focus on that part, and he says, but be filled with the Spirit. The command is just as strong to be filled with the Spirit as it is not to be drunk with wine. But let's change our focus. instead Because if you focus on being filled with the Spirit, you're not going to have a problem being drunk with wine. Because you're going to be filled with the new wine. You're going to be filled with the right wine. You're going to be filled with the influence. Acts chapter 17, verse 28. In Him we live and move and have our being. So do you know that you're called by God? And are you under the influence of the Holy Spirit? Number three, Nehemiah was energized by the divine power of God. He was energized by the divine power of God. Number five on your work, she remembered God does not ask us to do anything that he will not also empower us to do. I'll read it again. Remember, God does not ask us to do anything that he will not also empower us to do. How can Nehemiah walk in and, and get this group together to build again because he was also, not only was he called, not only was he filled by the Spirit of God, but he was energized by the divine power of God. Isn't that what faith is? That you, you tap into the, the power of God that energizes to you, to you to do what looks impossible? Think about what Jesus would do. Anytime he would add, he would go up to a, a paraplegic, and what would he do? He would ask them to do the impossible. He would say, rise, take up your bed and walk. Well, hang on a sec, they can't walk. Rise, take up and walk. Take up your bed and walk. With the man with the shriveled hand, stretch out your hand. What would he do? He would ask them to do what looked impossible. And whenever God asks us to do something, the power is always there for us to do what he's asking us to do. Well, I can't. Love my brother. When he commands you to love, the power is present for you to love. I can't forgive. When he asks you to forgive, the power is present to forgive. I can't become the man that God has called me to be. When he asks you to be the leader of your home, the power is present for you to be the leader of your home. Well, I can't do that business because of this and because of that. When he asks you to do what he's told you to do, the power is present for you to do what he's telling you to do. What does he ask you to do? Do you know you're called? Are you filled with the Spirit? Are you energized by the power of God? Because when he asks us to do something, the power is present. What's the last thing he's asked you to do? What's the last thing he's asked you to do? What's the last thing he's asked you to do? The power is there. That dream that talks to you, the power is present. That passion that talks to you, the power is present. Some of you more seasoned men that think, that how, how can God use me? I've already missed my prime. Remember, purpose never changes. What it looks like might change, but don't you give up. You get back in the game. We need you to be you. Well, I can't, and how, and my wife, and my kids, and this. And when you hear, I can't, you know what you should answer the door with? I can. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Because it'll knock every day. You can't. 
You can't. And every day you answer the door, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And the next day when it knocks, you open the door, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And the next day when it knocks, you, you answer the door, I can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. And you know what will happen? Is eventually the, the, the part of him knocking on the door every day, it gets farther and farther and farther apart. And then as soon as he knocks, you just laugh and say, you're just stupid, aren't you? You would think by now, you can't talk me out of my dream. You can't talk me out of my destiny. You can't talk me out of becoming who God has called and created me to be. That's why it is important to know what you're called to do, and that's why it's important to be filled with the Spirit of God, and that's why it's important to be energized by the divine power of God. In verse 10, you see that not only will the enemy try to talk you out of it, but people will try to talk you out of your dream. Verse 10, when Sanballat, the Horonite, and Tobiah, the Ammonite, official heard of it, they were deeply disturbed that a man had come to seek the well-being of the children of Israel. Go to verse 19. But when Sanballat, the Horonite, and Tobiah, the Ammonite, official, and the Jishim, and the Arab heard of it, they laughed at us and despised us and said, What is this thing that you are doing? Will you rebel against the king? Verse 20, so I answered them and said to them, the God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore, we as servants will arise and build. Notice the the faith that he speaks, the God of heaven himself will prosper us. Not might, I hope it works out. He will prosper us. The God of heaven will prosper us. Therefore, we will rise up and build. What is the thing that you're called to do? Are you filled with the Spirit of God? Are you energized with the power of God? Can you stand in the face of your enemies? Can you stand in the face of Satan? Can you stand in the face of people? And when they try to talk you out of your dream and they laugh and they tell you it's not going to work and they told you, "I, I knew that you missed it. That you're able to say, I know what God has placed in my heart, and I have a letter from the king. So you can just shove it right up your nose. Because there will come a time that people will try to talk you out of what you're called and created to do. Even good Christian people. That's why it's important to know what you're called to do. See, Nehemiah, when he was, when he was in the palace and, and God had placed it in his heart to rebuild the wall, he knew what he was called to do. I, I know when I was rodeoing, I knew that that's what I was called to do, but I knew there was a transition coming. I was sitting in uh, Salinas, California at the rodeo, and I was, I was spending my time with the Lord, and I was traveling and ministering and rodeoing, and I, I had this open-eye vision where the Lord was just reaching across the table just like this, and he's just putting, he's putting this bread in my mouth, and he would take one piece and he'd put it in my mouth, and, and he'd put another piece in my mouth, and then he stood up. And, of course, when he stood up, then I stood up just out of respect and reverence for, the, for him. And, and I walked around the table, and he put one more piece of bread in my mouth, and he patted me on the back, and he said, Now, Trey, go feed my sheep. I said, yeah, right, I'm not a pastor. But after I sought God and I began to discover what he was saying to me, I knew what he had called and created me to do. But when you know that you're called to do and you know you're filled with the Spirit of God and you're energized by the power of God, and number four, you're totally yielded to God's will, no one or nothing can talk you out of what God has called and created you to do. It's important to know you've got to have that knowing, not only in your heart, but you've got to have the word to back up what God is saying to your life. Because I remember when we, uh, I'd moved up to Colorado and I'd started a church up there and I'd used all my resources and I'd even used the gas out of the lawnmower and had no more gas to, to get in the car and drive to church. 
And I was determined. I knew what God had placed in my heart, and I knew what I was called to do. And I had a letter from the king, and I remember pushing my, my kids in a stroller, running from my house down the mountain to the church to preach, preaching, God will bless you, God will heal you, God, God has all this stuff. The whole time, not, a, not, not enough money to put gas in my car to get there, no food. Declaring my God supplies all my needs because I had a knowing and I had a letter from the king and I knew God was going to turn that thing around. 2010, whenever I knew I was supposed to go back to uh, uh, rodeoing and traveling and ministering and uh, we got things in place. I'm talking about knowing the importance of knowing what you're called and created to do, the importance of staying filled with the Spirit of God, the importance of being energized by the power of God, the importance of yielding to the will of God. Are you willing to pay whatever price is necessary once you know what you're called and created to do? Because when you know what you're called and created to do, your focus changes from you and your comfort and your fortune and your future to now your total yieldedness is to the will of God. At all costs, I'm going to fulfill what God has put me on this earth to do. And no devil, no religious person, no circumstance can talk me out of it. But it comes back to, do you know? In 2010, we got the churches in place that day. I did the last Sunday. I was flying to the rodeo in Reno, Nevada. And I got on the airplane. The, the, the pastors and stuff, you know, they prayed over me, sent me out and everything. And that was my last day pastoring at that time. And, and I, I got in the airplane. And from that point on, for the next year of my life, was hell on earth. Fear overcame me in that airplane like I never had experienced before in my life. And I've flown for years to the point I couldn't breathe, to the point I was, I was standing up. I was on the edge of my seat like this declaring, God did not give me a spirit of fear. I resist you in the name of Jesus. The people around me are like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with this guy? And I'd fall back asleep and I'd wake up just consumed with fear. And then during that time, I, I, I got so sick, the doctors couldn't find out what was wrong with me for six months. And I lost 15 pounds, and they couldn't find it, and kidney stones, and they had all this type of stuff, and I was continuing to do what God had called and created me to, be, to do. And I went from making six figures at the time to nothing because I knew what God had called and created me to do. I went home after rodeoing and traveling and overcoming and standing on God's Word, and I was doing this camp in... In, uh, in Graham, actually, is where it was. And this guy rode up behind me, and he was on his horse. And, and I was talking to this guy about his roping, and, and I stepped back, and this guy had got off his horse, and he had left the rope on the saddle horn, and his rope fell down. And whenever I, whenever I stepped back, I stepped right in the loop. And this guy wasn't even on the horse, and this horse just spins and takes off running. And instantly, just boom! I mean, a shotgun went off, and this horse just takes off running as fast as he could, dragging me. Whew! Now, angels, you do your job! And about... 20 yards out in the middle of the ring, this horse just stops. And the rope just come off. Because I've had friends die like that. They get to swing and that horse gets to running and they can't stop the horse and just their head. Tink, 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 kill them. The angel stopped that horse and blew my knee out. I mean, I had to have surgery on all the, the iscuses. <laughs> when I would get home that weekend, uh, something I never thought would happen to me in a million years, the lady I was married to at the time told me she was leaving. Divorce. I had. I went from having money to, to no money. I went from. I did really good on some real estate deals, but all that had been had taken and I, without me knowing. And and so, here I am. Don't know what's going on in my physical body. Here I am. My, my having to have knee surgery. Then three months, 
lady I'd been with for 12 years at the time just up and decided to live a different lifestyle. Didn't have enough money to stand to, to fight for my kids, afraid, living in a barn. But I knew what God had called and created me to be. And I, I remember I woke up one morning just scared because I, my kids were taken. I had no money. I had made it look like my future. And I had these godly Christian people that told me I'd never preach again. I told you you missed it. I mean, they'd come up to me. I told you. When I, you went back to rodeo, and I knew you missed God. I knew you missed it. <laughs> and I think we'll bless you. Speak. <laughs> <laughs> And then not too long ago, I got my, within 10 days after I had my surgery, because, and I, what I, did, I woke up one morning, and I was so scared, and it was just like the Lord was sitting at the end of my bed, and he says, Trey, you need to know I'm committed to you. And my plan for your life has not changed. Just because circumstances change and people change, my plan for you has not changed. Of course, all these questions are, well, how? That's not what this person is saying, you know? <laughs> I had rodeo guys telling me I'd never be able to compete at this level again. And I had ministers telling me that I couldn't rodeo and couldn't minister at this level again. And here I am and circumstances are telling me the same thing. So I had the church. I had the devil. I had everybody. Within <laughs> 10 days, I entered the first, first rodeo at Denver. And I was determined. The devil's not stopped me from doing what I'm called and created to do. Within 10 days, I had, I mean, major reconstructive surgery on my knee, and I was determined I was going to rope at Denver. Come out there, and I was determined. If it talks to me, I'm talking back. I go out, and I win the first go around. And then just goes on and on. Not too long from that, uh, probably a month later, I get my hand. See how that finger's kind of laid over? You know, it's hard. I don't pick my nose at this one. <laughs> It'll go sideways. <laughs> I was roping, and I roped this steer and dallied, and the rope just sucked around my hand, and I looked over, and it's just laid over like this. And, and I pick it up, and I think, man, maybe I just pull it out of socket, try to stick it back on, and it just flops back over, and I say, that's not good. <laughs> and so... Here, here it is. I had to go back into surgery, and they put pins and stuff in my hand, and they, it's a lot better than what it was like over there. But during those, those, those months, that year, it was hell on earth. But I never lost sight of what God had called and created me to do. Regardless of what people said, regardless of what the devil said, regardless of what circumstances look like, do you know what you're called to do? And now I'm so thankful. I look at what God's doing with us around the world. I mean, every day, twice a day, we're up to, we're in 60 countries twice a day, every day on TV right now. But what if I had to quit? What if I, what if I had to listen? I think of the thousands of people that have come to know the Lord because I went back to traveling and minister. And I think of the warrior of a wife I have now that God has restored my life with. And I think of all the things that God is doing. What if, I, what if I wouldn't have known what I was called to do? What if I wasn't filled with the Spirit of God? What if I wasn't energized by the power of God? What if I wasn't yielded to the will of God? I would still be in that barn. But thank God I'm not. Thank God I'm not. Do you know what you're called to do? Do you know what you're called to do? God's no respecter of person. But he is a respecter of faith. 
Where, where are we at right now as, as a group of men? Where, where are we at in our families? Where are we at in our businesses? Where are we at? Where, where are you going? Who are you becoming? What are you doing? Number six on your sheet. I don't want don't to miss number six here. Did you get number five? Remember, God will not ask you to do anything that he will not empower you to do. Did you get that one, number five? Number six, Nehemiah was determined to do God's will. Got to be determined to do God's will. You got to be determined to do God's will. Nehemiah was focused on the will of God. I want to read this to you again, and we're getting ready to be done. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17. Then I said to them, You see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies waste and its gates are burned with fire. Come and let us build the wall of Jerusalem, that we may no longer be a reproach. And I told them of the hand of my God which had been upon me, and also of the king's words that he had spoken to me. So they said, Let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to this good work. Let us rise up and build. Men, tonight, let us rise up and build in our family. Let us rise up and build the dreams that God has placed on the inside of us. Let us rise up and build in our mind and build in our heart and build in our faith and build in our relationship with God. What is it that you need to build? First and foremost, it's us. What I need to build, I need to build me first. And if I stay in the process of building me, the, thing, the building out here, I'm going to be energized by the power of God. I'm going to be filled and directed by the Spirit of God. I'm going to know what I'm called and created to do, right? But first and foremost, God works with our decision. Let us rise up and build. When you go home tonight, let us rise up and build. Just like Nehemiah walked around the walls, I want you to walk around your house and ask the Holy Spirit, what is it that you see that's fallen? What I know has fallen. What gates are burnt down? What do you want me to rise up and build? And begin to pray in the Spirit. Begin to ask the Lord, show me what you want me to build because it can look impossible, but when God gives you the Word and He speaks the Word to you, the power is present for you to do what He is asking you to do. Do what do we need to build in our life, men? Because when we build us, it affects our family, it affects our organizations, it affects everything that we're involved in. Let us rise up and build. Would you stand to your feet? Let us rise up and build. I want us to see ourselves as tools in the hand of a mighty God. Tools, power, a power tool. You think of a power tool when it's plugged into the, the, the power source, it does great things. Yeah, you could go and make a difference if you saw with it unplugged, but it's going to take you a lot longer, right? And it's going to frustrate the crud out of you. <laughs> but if you plug that thing in, the first time that they built the walls, it took them 20 years. But whenever Nehemiah understood that he was called by God to build the walls, and he was filled with the Spirit of God, and he was energized by the power of God, and he has yielded to the will of God. It took him 52 days to rebuild what it took them 20 years. We are in a time of flourishing. We are in a time of a great breaking loose in our life. But it comes back to, Lord, what are we called to do? Are you doing what you're called to do? If you've kicked your gifts into neutral, if you've kicked your calling into neutral, I want to encourage you to, 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 what can I do to stir things back up? Put God first in your life again. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. Spend time abiding in Him. Get your mind renewed again. He says you're going to prove what is a good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Be faithful where God has called you to be planted. Be faithful. Faithful flourish, and we have days of heaven upon the earth. 
I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes and I want you thinking, do you know what you're called and created to do? If you don't, I want you to raise your hand. I, I want to pray for you. If you don't know what you're called and created to do, God sees that hand. Who else? Everybody else? This hand over here, thank you. Let's agree. Let's agree with the ones that don't know what they're called to do. Father, right now, I ask you to show the individuals that they're not certain of what they're called and created to do. That you show them their gifts. You show them their strengths. You show them that, that passion that hasn't left their life. And not only to show them their passions and their gifts, as they delight themselves in you, you said you would place that desire in their heart. And Father, you said it was you in them creating the power and desire both to will and to do for your good pleasure. Father, I put a demand on that calling that you said is not irrevocable. You haven't taken it away. It's still there. Father, we believe and release our faith that it's uncovered to these individuals tonight. That our hearts are flooded with light so we can know our inheritance. We can know what we're called and created to do. Not guess, not wish, not hope, but know. We want to we stick our calling back in gear. We want to stick our passions back in gear. We want to stick our desires back in gear. Let us rise up and build our minds and build our passions and build our businesses. Let us rise up and build our wives and build our kids. Let us rise up and build tonight. Holy Spirit, I ask that those words echo in our spirit, man, even when we get up in the middle of the night, even when we get up in the morning. Let us rise up and build. 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 Father, I ask you to, to show us how to become more so we can do more, so we can reach more. Father, I... I know you're doing this right now with all of us. But those gifts, are, they're sticking it in driving. The passions are stirring. The hunger is stirring. And there's an echo. Let us rise up and build. Father, I pray for every man present that they have the courage, just like Nehemiah, as he looked the walls over for three days and he prayed and he had a plan. You said, many are the plans in a man's mind, but you direct our steps. And Father, you show us the plan of how to rebuild these areas of our life. Thank you for the courage to do that. Father, I pray for their assignments. I pray for their callings. I pray for their hungers. I pray for a stirring on the inside of them to be everything that we're called and created to be every one of us, that, Father, we leave here ready to run, ready to build, ready to go, ready to do. Now, with heads bowed and eyes closed, I, when I was praying before service, getting ready today, the reason I want heads bowed and eyes closed, because I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I want you to feel comfortable knowing that tonight is a turning point in your life. And I just have a sense that it, if sometimes it isn't just the things we're not doing, it's the things that we're doing that are hindering us. And that you're here and you've been struggling with pornography and you're fed up, you're ready for it to be done. You're ready to break that power off your life and go forward and build your mind and build your heart. If you're wanting that broke off your life, I want you just to slip your hand up in the air and say, yes, I, I want. God sees that hand and that hand and that hand and this hand. 
Is there anybody else? All right, put your hands down. I want you to grab the man's hand next to you. And I want us to pray together. And I want us to release our faith together. Because every one of us in here, we're men. We're not just... We're men. That's just what I'll leave it. (laughs) And we know that every one of us, we know we have to learn how to deal with our mind. We have to learn how to set ourselves up for success. Every one of us. So let's release our faith with these men that are fed up with this. And they are ready to break this off their life. And they're ready to go forward and build. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we come together as a, a, a group of men releasing our faith with one another that the power of pornography, the demonic spirits that have harassed and the strongholds in their life, I break your power right now in the name of Jesus. I sever that, uh, uh, that, that soul tie right now in the name of Jesus. Those images uproot in the name of Jesus. Those fleshly desire uproot in the name of Jesus. That we are men led by the Spirit of God. We are men called by the Spirit of God. We are men energized by the power of God. We are men yielded to the will of God. And we let you know, pornography, you don't have power over our life anymore in the name of Jesus. And Father, we plead the blood of Jesus over all of our minds right now in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus over our hearts. We plead the blood of Jesus over our homes. And Father, we call it a done deal. These men are free, and you said whoever you set free is free indeed. Free indeed. Say, I'm free indeed. And I'm a builder. Let us rise up and build. Let us rise up and build. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give the Lord praise? Hallelujah. Now now listen. Now listen, set yourself up to succeed now. The power is broken off of your life, but now strengthen your soul. Because our soul is what keeps us free. The Spirit of God, the power of God, the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, broke that sever. Now strengthen your soul, your mind, will, and emotion to keep you free. You have no need of that. Say, I have no need of that few things that, that help me as I travel. I, I go into gyms all around the world and, and beautiful women everywhere we go. And I've trained myself over the years that when I walk in or see a beautiful lady or something, I've trained myself instantly. I start praying for her husband. I start praying for her kids. I start praying for her purpose. I start praying for her destiny. And you talk about bring your flesh right under submission. Another thing I'll do is I'll, I'll I'll, I'll go in the hotel rooms and stuff, and first and foremost, I'll pray. I'll take dominion and authority over those rooms. I'll let the devil know any demonic spirit, anything un, ungodly that's happened in that room, I command it to leave in the name of Jesus. And I break every demonic power. That room is no longer under his control. It's under my control in the name of Jesus. And I, I welcome the Holy Spirit in there that I will sleep peacefully. I will rest in the presence of God. If I'm tired, if I'm wore out, you know the devil, he's a punk. Don't, don't even turn that TV on. Set yourself up to succeed. Have accountability partners. There's, there's, there's all kinds of programs out there. 
that you can have a uh, the triple X. That's a that's a good one. Net nanny. That's a good one. Other things where you can stick on your devices and have it go to a friend that you trust that'll hold you accountable every week. They'll they'll send out an email, what sites you tried to get on, everything else like that, and find those guys. We need each other. I've been in my life that we're accountable to each other. How you doing? How's your mind? What do you what have you been doing? What's what have you been doing to succeed? We need each other. Your family's worth that. Your destiny is worth that. Let's don't kid ourselves. Right? Let's be the men we're called and created to be. Amen. Guys, thank you so much for coming tonight. God bless you guys. You're blessed. You're favored. And we'll see you another time. If you need prayer for anything, we want to pray for you. God bless you guys. We're just men.